Hi, I'm Chrissy. Hi guys, I'm Marie. Welcome to We Call Bullshit. I am just your accessory. Marie. Yeah? What are we calling bullshit on today? Call bullshit on yourself. And we believe that life is way too short for shallow conversation and mediocre sex. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to We Call Bullshit. We are super excited this week. We have our very first guest. He actually shares a name with me. She's Chrissy with a C, I am Chrissy with a K. But to make it easy today, we are gonna go with my little stage name, Anastasia. So Marie has been friends with this guest for a long time, so I'm gonna shift it over to Marie so she can intro who our special guest is. Amazing, so my very good friend, Chrissy Williams, is a registered dietitian. I have been very good friends with her. You blessed my life in the fourth grade. Um, We ended up both growing up in Pennsylvania together. Chrissy moved right over to my neighborhood. And, um, you know, it's really cool because Chrissy and I both are in the same field, but Chrissy learned obviously that her passion point was nutrition. And then I learned that my passion point was fitness. And so over the years as adulthood, we're, you know, she's a mom and our adulthood really has been surrounded by wellness, fitness, motherhood, and friendship. So we've been friends, I guess, how long, Chrissy? Oh, um, I mean, fourth grade, you're nine. Yeah. So and what do quick we math. math? 10, we're 34. 24. Minus 10 is 24. 25 we're years. <laughs> yes, Marie, you are literally one of my oldest friends, which I don't even know if you realize that, which is yeah, crazy to me because I moved from New York to Pennsylvania. And Marie, we don't have to get into this unless you want to, but I have the best How I Met Marie story, which it was the first day of fourth grade. And I went to Catholic school in the, from the Bronx. So I came in public school in Pennsylvania, like did not know a single soul. I go into recess and like everyone is just running around going crazy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know anybody. What do I do? And here comes this little girl, big, like blonde, curly hair and a ponytail with a cheetah outfit. And if you know Marie, like you, like that is so on brand for her. But you know, I had no idea. I'm like, oh my gosh, who's this girl? And she is chasing around this boy. Shocker. We know his name. I'm not going to say his name because it's, you know, if you grew up with us, you know, but she's like, hi, I'm Marie. And I'm like, oh, hi, I'm Chrissy. And I'm new here. Like, I'm like, it looks so awkward. She's like, you can come play with me. I'm like, okay, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm chasing around my boyfriend. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, "Uh, okay. And so I kind of follow her. But this girl, little Marie, just running around, chasing a boy and almost like beating him up because she's like overrunning him. She's like bouncing on him. And I'm just like, who is this girl? Like, I don't know. She just seems like a lot. A lot. And I'm like, but you know, I had no idea. And anyway, fast forward 25 years later, we're still the best of friends. Really appreciate you understanding and accepting me for who I am since day one, Chrissy. Um, it was um, we were like the back of the bus queens. Like we rode the bus oh, to elementary school. Do you remember those days, Anastasia? Were you were you a bus rider? Yeah, were I you was a bus the rider? back of the bus girl because that's where the trouble always was. So. Yeah. yeah. It was where the fun really happened. Absolutely. Oh. That is That's so funny. Like, I remember now having kids and Chrissy, both of you, like, I don't know if you feel the same. I'm like nervous for what happens on the school bus because I know oh, like totally. shit goes down on the school bus. Absolutely. So I'm like, Do I drive my kids to school for the rest of their lives That's so they don't I- experience? 
I'm driving mine now and I'm like, yeah, my head's not even there yet. So I can't even imagine what oh, you just wait, happen. sister. You just wait. Yeah, oh, yes. I know Anastasia, you know all about that because your kids are oh, I do. older. So yeah, I mean, first friend, first guest, Chrissy. So can you please intro yourself? What is your biography? I mean, who are you? Why are you on this podcast with us? Give us the details. Let We Call Bullshit listeners know who Chrissy is. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I'm Chrissy Williams. I've been an RD for 10 years, a registered dietitian, and I have my master's in clinical nutrition. So I really started in more of that clinical health and wellness space. And then essentially after I had my first kiddo, and he's six now, so this was six years ago, I went through my own postpartum kind of year where it kind of changed my entire life. I was struggling with lots of chronic fatigue. I was struggling with lots of GI issues, lots of hormone stuff. And I was like, what is happening to me? I went to the doctor. And of course, the doctor's like, oh, well, you know, you lost your baby weight and you're a dietitian. So you eat very, very well. Your blood work looks great. Like this is just your new normal, like enjoy it. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean that like feeling like I got hit by a bus every morning is like my new normal? Um, I kind of went through I refused to believe like that was normal. And so I went through kind of figuring out different aspects of health, which eventually led me to more of the functional root cause approach where I dove into my own deeper hormone testing, deeper cortisol and like um, gut health and all the things. And then I I went through my own healing journey, like through a root cause approach, which is like completely different from the traditional conventional health space. And I was like, oh my gosh, my life completely changed, like how I felt changed. And as a health practitioner, I was like, if so, if I can feel like this, like if I am struggling as a dietitian, like in the health space, like I can only imagine how a non-health practitioner and a person not in the health space is struggling so bad with like nowhere to go, no direction, constantly being told everything is quote unquote normal when there was absolutely not. When I did my own test, like there were so many root cause things that were wrong that go beyond just a standard blood test. And so eventually I built my own virtual private practice and we focus on helping women really focus on improving their hormones, like managing their gut health, feeling really good, recovering from burnout and just overall like living their best life because they actually feel good enough to get through the day to day. So So Chrissy. Yes. <laughs> what are we calling bullshit on today? Murray, we are calling bullshit on not advocating for yourself when someone just continues to tell you that everything is normal, your health and well-being is normal, but you can feel like absolute crap. You need to dig deeper because there's clearly something wrong. And it's up to you to really figure out what that is and what you need to do to feel better. Yes. And I'm going to mm-hmm. piggyback on that because for years, years after I got my IUD out, which now going back, obviously, that's a question we could talk about, like synthetic birth control, right? That's something that we can definitely talk about and we'll dive into. But after I got that out, I had I did not feel normal at all. I was tired. I was weight loss resistant. I had several miscarriages. I was always stressed out. I wasn't sleeping while I was waking up at 3 a.m. I had all of these symptoms and I was super clean eater, worked out every day. I'm in the fitness industry. I'm a holistic health coach. And I just was so frustrated that I just kept getting told that I was normal. 
And so when I met Marie a couple years ago, she told me about her other friend, Chrissy. And, you know, I spent the money and, you know, got a lot of testing done with Chrissy, which she'll go into. I got what was called an HTMA, an HTMA test and a Dutch hormone test. And I finally got answers as far as feeling validated that what I was feeling was actually accurate. And so that was over a year ago now. And that has completely transformed my life because through Chrissy and starting off this whole process for me was I finally started treating the root versus the symptom. And I have come so far in my hormone and health journey in the last 16 months. So I have firsthand experience with Chrissy and she totally changed my life. Oh, yay. So we're going to backpedal because, you know, a lot of our guests who listen, we kind of take it for granted. I think that we understand nutrition. We understand our hormones. We understand our fitness expectation and how we're supposed to feel. But a lot of you guys that are listening right now, to Chrissy's point, is the doctors, the feelings, all of these outside things have made us believe that what we are feeling is normal. It's okay that your PMS is really bad. It's okay and normal that you're not a good sleeper and you're waking up multiple times at night. It's okay at four o'clock in the afternoon, you're having severe exhaustion and searching for a sugar high. All of these things that you're feeling, you're waking up tired. We have made, I think society again, and you guys know me and Anastasia here love a good societal norm. Have made us believe that, oh, you're, you know, you're a mom. That's normal. Oh, you've got kids. That's normal. Oh, bl- bull. I call it bullshit. Yes. Bullshit. So we are going to do a little QA. You know, this is kind of how the um, next couple minutes of this whole podcast experience is going to be. And we're going to nerd out a little bit. So if we lose you, Chrissy Williams and Chrissy Williams Nutrition, I just want to plug in right now. She has a podcast called The Nourished Era, which we will make sure we share on our social media. We'll talk about it. And then she also has her private practice called Chrissy Williams Nutrition. So if we do have questions, if you guys have questions, we you can, you know, reach out to me or Anastasia or and then we'll can, you know, get you connected with Chrissy. Um she's available to help. She's got social media and stuff. So here we go. I have a question. Oh boy. Chrissy. Out of all the people you've seen, right? Out of all of your experience the last 15 years, what is your biggest symptom that you kind of hear all like most of the time? Oh, 100% stress. Stress. Okay. Like we as a norm are, we live in a stressed out environment. And so of course, like it's not just like feeling the stress like in our head, but also what I don't think a lot of women realize is so many of their health issues are related to like linked to the unmanaged stress. And I want to like emphasize, we live in a stressful world. So it's not as easy as like, oh, I'm just going to like remove all the stressors in my life or, you know, the kids. It's like, our, you know, your household, literally life is so stressful. So it's one thing to have all the stress, but do you have the right tools to manage it and then also build that stress resilience in your body. Because if you do not know and you're kind of just going through the motions on quote unquote like survival mode, yeah, your whole body, your gut is going to suffer. Your immunity is going to suffer. Your hormones, everything. It can be 
so much better by simply understanding stress 101 and what to do to better manage it. So how would you articulate to a stranger or to a new, like someone, what are the symptoms of your body not being able to handle stress? And then how do you figure out how to fix it? Yeah. So Marie, that is a very, it's a, that's a loaded question. There's not one answer to like, how do you, you know, get better at handling stress? And I say that because Yes, everyone's talking about they're so stressed out. But then when we talk about how your body reacts to stress, like that could be so different between you, Marie, and Anastasia. Like Anastasia can have like a sluggish thyroid because she's so stressed out. Marie, you can have gut issues because you're so stressed out. And for me, I can be like losing my hair because I'm so, you know what I mean? We talk about some of the adrenals and cortisol stuff that kind of goes along with that. Yeah, yeah. So... When you think about stress, so I think what's really important to know about stress is it's not just mental, it's actually really physical too. There are physical things that are happening in the body. If you have an underlying parasite, if you have low immunity, if you have, you know, um, estrogen dominance, you're actually putting more stress on the body. So it's like kind of like a double edged sword. And you can start feeling a whole bunch of different symptoms. And people, you know, women come to me and they're like, oh, yeah, my. I'm having trouble losing weight. And then I'm like, well, tell me about your eating habits. Like, do you eat breakfast? Like, when do you drink coffee? How much coffee are you drinking? Um, What are your workouts like? Are you like living on hit workouts 24-7? Like, all of this stuff is really impacting how our bodies signal stress in our brain. And then the body responds to all of that, those stress signals through adrenals. I'm I'm confused. So you're saying, Chrissy, (laughs) calories in, calories out. And nonstop, insane, high intense workouts isn't the answer for everything. And oh, and fasting, like 100%. That's going to oh, be. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> we've got to go. Uh, we're done here. So, yes, everything that you all think that you should be doing, you're probably doing. And I hear it all the time. Yeah. Chrissy and I share a couple, you know, we, you know, being a trainer and Chrissy being, you know, the registered dietitian she has, we've shared a couple clients. And what I can tell you is like, we hear so much of the same things. People think that it is that simple. Calories in, calories out. You will find that for some people that works because they are perfectly fine. They don't have a cortisol issue. Mm -hmm. They are not estrogen dominant. They are getting a proper amount of sleep. So for a very rare population, that might work. But I think that we are ignoring those external pressures of sleep, different hormones, cortisol, hydration, all of the things that Chrissy is going to talk about, which makes the workout as much as you can, eat as little or as balanced as you want. It just doesn't work anymore because our bodies aren't accepting and they're not in a state in which we can just say that it's that easy. So yeah. Anastasia. Give us the details. So you were probably doing that, weren't you? Absolutely. So okay. Yeah. Well, I was in that. Just, yeah. Can you like Not let me know? Let no, us all know what. Uh, I what will happened. tell you as all things in life what not to do. That's <laughs> what I have gotten very good at. So you're welcome for my, you know, wisdom <laughs> in the wrong direction. So when I went to Christy, that's pretty much essentially what I was doing. I was fasting, aka literally just black coffee like first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, followed by 
a HIIT workout. So if you don't know what that means, it's high intensity interval training, pretty much five to six days a week. And I was not sleeping enough and I was not nourishing my body in the way that I needed to. So from the outside looking in, I was absolutely burning way more calories than I was putting in, and yet I was gaining weight. So that was directly correlated on my results. So Christy will go through the test that she offers. Through my results, we saw that my cortisol was way up. Surprise, surprise. My adrenals were super fatigued. Were they burned out? Yeah. yeah I don't, they I were, haven't they were burned out. Yeah. My thyroid you was guys, super What does that mean? Yeah. So that's a lot of dysregulation, right? So Chrissy or Anastasia's metabolism was completely dysregulated. So she was running on high cortisol. So like rampant, her adrenals were working so hard. So cortisol is released through our adrenals, right? So when our hypothalamus or our brain feels the stress, it signals our adrenals like, okay, we need more cortisol. We need a cortisol. Let me kind of back up. We need healthy amounts of cortisol in order to feel energized throughout the day to feel like that you can go through the day, especially in the morning, it's highest in the morning. But what happens is if you are constantly triggering your brain, like, hey, we're stressed, there's a lot of stress happening, there's lots of going on, like kind of what Chrissy or Anastasia was doing with her like fasting, black coffee, like hit workouts, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of stress. The adrenals will obviously try to work as hard as they can to pump out and give like all that cortisol that your brain is triggering. Can we pause for a second? Because stressors are just literal like things that stress us out. But caffeine Caffeine. is a stressor. Those are physical stressors. Yes. External stressors. Mm -hmm. Working working out is a stressor. stressor. So I talk about a lot energy in versus energy out. Like energy out are all the stressors, right? So exercise, caffeine, things that you think are helping you are technically, yes, they might be helping you, but they still are categorized as stressors in the body, which affects our cortisol. Sorry, mm-hmm. Chrissy, continue. No, no, no. That's, that's exactly right. Thanks for bringing that clarity. But yeah, to Anastasia's point is like you're doing all of this and then what happens, and this is what happened for Anastasia, is her body was used to running on chronic cortisol. So her adrenals were pumping it all of it, all of it out for however long. I don't know, Anastasia, how long you were doing this. But it could people can be doing this for years until the point where oh my gosh, your adrenals, if they are undernourished and underfueled, because our adrenals need fuel, which you get through food, specific uh, minerals specifically. But if you're not like replenishing that effectively and strategically, you will burn out. So your adrenals will like no longer make enough cortisol, like new cortisol, and you'll, your body's going to be running on like on chronic cortisone that's been like building up in the body causing lots of inflammation, causing causing lots of unintentional weight gain because your body is, your metabolism doesn't feel safe. So instead of burning all those calories that Anastasia was working off, your body is that her body was actually like trying to hold on to every single one and store it. Hence why she had unintentional weight gain, weight loss resistance, no matter what she did, no matter how little she ate, like her body was struggling. It was confused, honestly. Yeah, that's what we found. I just want to point out too that the reason women really struggle with adrenal fatigue and burnout versus men is because we are biologically very different. I think we Mm -hmm. talked about this on one of our podcasts, but so women run on a 28-day cycle, men run on a 24-hour cycle. And so the 28-day cycle, all of our hormones and stuff are actually regulated in our adrenal glands, whereas men have 
most of their hormones are regulated through their testicles. So they have adrenal glands to just focus on stress. I love how Chrissy's a registered dietitian and talks about all this stuff, but Anastasia said testicles and Chrissy giggled. I'm dead. Say it, Chrissy. Say it. Say testicles. You're going to make me face face. She was like, "Mm." No, well, you know, okay. Yes, I am. I, yes. Um, I work, I talk about hormones all day, you guys, but you have to remember that I work with women. Like, we are a women's health practice. Like, I don't work with men. I don't hear the word. You have two boys. I know. Um, they don't call it, they don't call it that. Um, what do they call it? They call it balls. Like, they just, they just call them balls. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, my husband, he has no filter. He kind of just, there's no formality right. in this house. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It was just really funny when Chrissy said, or when Anastasia said testicles, Chrissy's face. <laughs> I know. I like blushed over here. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, testicles. So I can say ovaries. I can say fallopian tubes. Like give me all the women's stuff. Can you say, can you say clitoris? Well, I say like clitoris. Yeah. Clitoris. I was just, I was just challenging. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. So moral of the story is. The reason women have so many of these issues versus men is because men actually have basically an extra, you know, their adrenal glands deal with stress, their testicles deal with their hormones versus women where everything is in our adrenals. And so we are way more burnt out. That's all. Just wanted to clarify. And it's, and it's directly tied to our thyroid, which is our metabolic driver, right? For for women, especially. So yeah. yeah, can you explain, Chrissy, what does our thyroid do? Because that's a big, like, I feel like that's kind of a trendy thing right now, too. People are like, thyroid, what is that? You've got hypo, hyper, hypo, but like, what does your thyroid do and why is it important? Yeah, I mean, our thyroid is for women, like, you, we need to take care of our thyroid. It really is, when I say metabolic driver, it's what helps drive hormone balance. It's what helps, like, manage it. Like, if your adrenals are burnt out, you're automatically going to have thyroid issues. Um, how much calories you burn like throughout the day. That's your thyroid. So um, <laughs> I am laughing oh. for the listeners because, yeah, Anastasia is just like raising her hand for <laughs> Um, Yeah, we did find some thyroid red flags for Anastasia when we did her test. But that's so, ma- honestly, like adrenal burnout, that is so many women. Like if you're adrenally burnt out, most likely you have thyroid issues. And how you live your day to day is going to essentially be the dictator of how well your thyroid is working. So many women are like metabolism, metabolism, but it's actually like no thyroid, thyroid. So I, I it's nice to hear that thyroid, our thyroid gland is like becoming more known because that is actually what's going to be the driver for hormones and like adrenals and all the things. Yeah, essentially your thyroid is going to be the driver for all things hormones, adrenals, all, like how you feel every day, your weight management is that. Okay. So, Chrissy, could, I, I don't know if you were going to ask the same question, Marie, but I was going to say, what are the ways that you give women to help support their thyroid adrenals? Yes, Anastasia. Great question. I've created my life's work literally on teaching women how to better support their thyroid through functional daily habits and strategies. So um, I call it like the four pillars for happy hormones, but essentially is it is like all about supporting your thyroid. So one of them is nourishment. So that's managing your blood sugar, you know, that not skipping meals, eating, eating meals with protein, healthy, healthy fats and fiber, 
Um, it's waiting to have your coffee like after your meals, which Anastasia, you said um, you alluded to that a little bit. Marie's like sipping her coffee right now. Like stop, t- stop telling me what to do. <laughs> I well, don't do that anymore. I don't yes, do that anymore. Yeah. Well, and let me, you know, I love coffee. There's nothing wrong with caffeine, but it's like making sure that you are not, that you have, you're eating a meal and then having your coffee. Otherwise, caffeine will trigger cortisol. Like, what you know, if you don't have anything else in your stomach. So talk about like more external stressors in your life. But yeah, so balancing your blood sugar, choosing healthy, balanced meals throughout the day. Um, looking at what specific nutrients your body actually needs is like so key. And we did that through Anastasia's HTMA because like I said, it's so individualized. Like, like Marie could have not enough potassium and sodium, but then Anastasia could have like really high calcium buildup, which all could be interacting to how well or not well her thyroid is working. So that's all in that nourishment umbrella, which is the first pillar. The second one is optimizing your gut health. And I know you, um, Anastasia, you talk about this a lot, but really making sure that your, like our gut is like the center to so many things of like immunity and like how you digest your food. You could have a perfect diet, but if your gut health is suffering, you're probably not digesting food properly. Um, I know people hear like leaky gut a lot. Like that's like a super, what is it? Like, can you explain to people what leaky gut is? Yes. Um, Leaky gut is a real thing. Clinical wise is there's no clinical diagnosis for it. Um, But essentially our gut lining is supposed to be really solid. I'm a visual person. So I have like, pretend it's like the wall, a thick wall and everything in our nutrients in our gut should stay within our gut. And then in our bloodstream, everything should be separate. What happens is maybe from chronic stress or underlying gut infections like H. pylori or parasites or candida, whatever it is, what happens is you start breaking down that wall integrity and it becomes more semi-permeable to get a little bit nerdy. So instead of things staying separate from the gut into the bloodstream, it's going to start cross-contaminating or like like going in and out of each other. And that's causing lots of those leaky gut symptoms like inflammation and, you know, um, gut pain, like digestive issues, like after you eat, lots of bloating. Lots of that can come from leaky gut. But the one thing that I do want to clear up here is that leaky gut is not a root cause in itself. You have to figure out why your body has leaky gut and clean that out, not just you know taking a supplement for a leaky gut because it's going to come back if you don't understand why you have leaky gut. Does that right. make sense? So how do yeah. you know, how does one figure out if they are certainly, you know, trying to oh. cure the symptom or figure out the root of the problem? Like in my head, if I was to say like, let's cure our leaky gut, Marie, say if I had it, I would be like, great, let's take some glutamine that might help me, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, but I'm thinking in my head that I'm fixing my problem, which is leaky gut. So how do I know? Like, how do I know? Yeah. So this is when you want to work with a practitioner (laughs) or someone who really understands, you know, is this treating, is this a Band-Aid approach or is it really the root cause approach? Um, Yeah. So Marie, you said glutamine. L-glutamine is going to help maybe temporarily fix that. But this is what I said, like you have to figure out, well, why you have leaky gut. Um, Same with like estrogen dominance, right? When we talk about for those women with like heavy periods or like unintentional weight gain or, you know, all the things, 
a lot of that can be related and like debilitating PMS. A lot of that is typical estrogen dominant symptoms. But this is where I say, well, is like estrogen dominance in itself is not a root cause. Why do you have estrogen dominance? Yeah. So I think it's it's a loaded question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's confusing for a lot of women, especially because they go to their doctor, like, um, you know, my mom will too, for, for my mom, who's been on medication for her whole life, right? Pharma meds who that are like very taxing on her body. You know, she goes to the doctor, she gets a blood test. She's like, okay, you're basically normal. All your levels are in range. Blah, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And I'm like, there is no way because her symptoms are so terrible that, you know, how she's not okay and she's not normal. So then we try and fix one thing. Like, let's try and fix her depression by giving her antidepressants, which are causing her different Mm -hmm. issues that are affecting her gut. And then her gut, she has to take antacids because her gut is so messed up. So then how do we cure, you know, heartburn, give her an antacid when really that's a terrible idea. I, you know, it's, these are things that women especially are affected by every single day and they just don't know the answer or my favorite word or my favorite line is you either normalize bad behaviors and feelings or you ignore them. You normalize yourself feeling bad. You normalize yourself feeling lethargic. You normalize your horrible PMS. These are all not normal symptoms. So working with a practitioner, working with someone who's going to get the root cause is going to be the way that you actually finally cure the it's okay to feel good and not feel like shit. And like Chrissy, I think in your case, People would look at Anastasia and assume that she is fine. I would even think that Anastasia would assume that she was fine. She had a little bit of like, meh, something's wrong because she's the type of person that's striving to feel great. I think nowadays we're just all surviving to feel good, that it's like you're missing out on the good old days of feeling great, waking up energized. But like our other friends that you've done tests on, right, like our really good friend, she wakes up feeling great every single day. Like I literally, to this day, we've been best friends for 20 years. I wake up next to her sometimes and she's like a ray of sunshine on a cloudy day. But that necessarily doesn't mean anything because she's got insanely high cortisol. Her cortisol levels are so messed up that she's having other symptoms. So Mm -hmm. if you're not willing to find out what the problem is, is that you're never going to willing, you're never going to feel great and reach your potential in that in that well. I think that in today's society, right? Like we're we're so taught that, you know, doctors know best. And I am not saying that there is not a place for medical or pharma drugs or anything. Totally. That's not what I'm saying. However, think about it. We go to the doctor for a cold and they're like, here's an antibiotic. We go to a, you know, their goal really, right, is to give us something to treat the symptom, not the root, like Christy was saying. Antibiotics are so overprescribed and they have a terrible correlation on our gut health. And so you also need to be mindful, but you also have to be willing to maybe let that sickness run its course. Maybe let that fever go a little bit longer. Let your body, your, I'm a firm believer, and maybe Christy agrees or not agrees, that your body will heal itself given the opportunity to do so right? With the added support that it needs. And it doesn't necessarily need to come from medication. Christy, do you agree? Disagree? 
Yes. Well, yes, I, I definitely do. And I also think too, it's really important to, you know, like our friend Marie, like she came to me saying like, I feel great. Like, I don't know. But then she came to me also. Um, well, and we saw her gut issues and we're like, well, you actually have like little to no immunity left, like at all, because your body was so tired and chronically fighting whatever issues, other issues you had. And to Anastasia's point, it's like, yeah, well, if you get sick and like you're constantly getting sick, like maybe it's not so much like a medication issue. Maybe it's like, why don't we better support your body so that it's super strong to fight things like much quicker, much more efficiently. So recovery time is like much less. And yeah, I mean, I think I come from the clinical space, right? So I have full respect for doctors and they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. You come to them, you're clearly struggling with something or they see something wrong with boom, take this, you're going to feel better. But I I just, I do think that there is a gap between like we're totally over-medicated and uneducated. So it's like not just, okay, well, why am I taking this medication? What is it doing? What are the side effects for it? Is there any other, you know, more holistic or like a functional approach that we can do? Or is the medication the only answer? And I think that's where women need to understand that there are alternatives. You don't always just have to go by, okay, this doctor says this. You can go to another doctor and they might say something completely different. You can go to a functional practitioner and they could say something different. So it's really about advocating for yourself and finding what you feel comfortable with. That's a big, I one, way to have a wicked good line, over-medicated and undereducated. I like felt that in my soul. I was like, I kept, I said it nine times in my head and I was like, someone needs to write a book about this. Someone needs to patent that. Someone, okay. So we're going to do that. As soon as we get oh off my this, God. this call, we I are going to LLC this. So no one takes it. That was great. But to your point, Chrissy, like we need to advocate for ourselves because everyone says that it's fine. And Anastasia, if you didn't advocate for yourself, the first person you saw, <laughs> hi, Dolly. That's Elvis. Oh, that's Elvis. Wow. Yeah. Um, the you know, if you didn't advocate for yourself, but the first time that you went to go get blood work, uh, do you remember even getting after Chrissy? It was like ridiculous for you to oh, get wait. what you needed. Yes. Talk about that, Anastasia, because I don't know. No, I don't know that much. Like I said, you should probably get more blood work done. Here's what I would suggest. And then you said you did, right? Like yeah. insurance so, stuff. What was and that? It was a did. And so the crazy part is, and the sad part is most insurance does not cover right. functional um, right. testing. Here's the thing. Your health is your most important investment. And so I will say that it is like the best money that I ever spent. And after I, I went, I found an endocrinologist after I had, you know, my testing with Chrissy and I had everything and she refused to even look at it. They acted like that yep. was just like not even a thing. And they're like, well, we're going to run blood work. And of course, my my blood work was normal. However, if you look, I was on the lowest range of so many things with my thyroid, like barely, barely above normal. And they weren't looking at my symptoms at all. They were only willing to look at the blood work. It just bothers me so much that like my BMI, right? These stupid things like BMI, like I'm technically overweight in my BMI. And like, I feel like the doctors, that's like their new, like, you know, holy grail. But you, you know, the thyroid hormone, um, you know, segment panel of what's low to what's high is like 
gigantic. Yes. Don't even get me started on a thyroid. Because you can ask your thyroid, your doctor for a thyroid panel. I, I love doctors, okay? I have to say, keep saying that. I, I love all of you guys. But, and it's also sometimes it's beyond their their capacity because they'll just be like, okay, let's do your TSH. And TSH is literally like the one part of your hormone, like your thyroid panel. When I say like, you have to remember your TSH has to be converted to T3 to T4 and you can get reverse T3, T4 causing inflammation. Like, but we don't see any of that. Like they only look at the one marker and sometimes that's a false quote unquote normal. So like, I mean, you, again, you have to advocate, you have to educate yourself, be like, okay, well, what exactly should I be looking for? What should I be asking for? And then tell them all your symptoms. And then to, I don't know which one of you said it, but like, oh, the BMI thing, like, but that's like all of those quote unquote normal ranges. It's because they say this is for a majority, this is normal. Like, but if you are feeling X, Y, Z, like, okay, it's not normal for you. It wasn't normal for Anastasia, you know? We have to normalize it, no doubt. But like, so for like insider information, right? It's like, if you were to do a BMI on me, you guys know my body. It's like, I'm, pr- I'm probably like 18% body fat. I'm 125 pounds and oh. I'm 4'11". I'm like yeah. a, I'm like a, I'm a brick that, you know, I'm like a cement block and good fellas, I say all the time. You can like tie me around someone's yeah. ankles and I would be a great cement block, but I'm technically overweight on the BMI scale. Like I call bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, same. I'm, yeah, same. I'm five one, like 132, 133 pounds, and my body fat's twenty percent, and I am obese on a BMI scale. And most athletes are actually obese because the muscle mass, because yeah. muscle weighs more. So it's like, yeah, it's just it's it's all <clears throat> skewed for sure. And that's why, like the the to break it all down is like you have to advocate for yourself if you are not feeling right. I also, and I'm just going to say this because I have to, you have to stop lying to yourself. Like that is a, you have to stop lying about your symptoms and about your choices. So the first step in all of this, in in doing self-reflection is literally taking accountability to all of the things that you do for your body that's not great. Like the excessive wine that you drink before you go to bed, the unnecessary bad food. And I say bad food because the processed food, the stuff that you put in your kids, the Doritos and the Oreos and the goldfish and all of those things that you're consuming are having an an effect on your body because these are not real nourished foods. So first step right now is like, are you treating your body with ultimate respect and setting it up for success? If you're not, Chrissy Williams Nutrition is not going to help you, right? You have to break away from that addiction, which is treating your body like crap, because when you eat like crap, you feel like crap. There's going to be episodes pretty much very soon that we're going to record about you know your diet being more than what you just consume nutritionally. But it's that's the first step is like, stop lying to yourself. Are you treating yourself fairly for success? Once you do that, I think the next step, and I don't, this is not like a linear process because maybe your first step is getting help because I think Chrissy, you would argue that maybe you're subconsciously making those decisions because 
you're craving a certain thing because your root cause is X, Y, Z. Do you find that it's hard to break an addiction like that? I think there are so many, so many facets to to what you were saying. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. I think one, having like sugary cravings is very much could be, oh yeah, well you have imbalanced blood sugar and like you're running on high, like, you know, high blood sugar all day long. So it's like craving that like even more kind of start like stuff that we don't want, like desserts all the time. That's number one. And your gut, you could actually, again, not to get too nerdy, but if you don't have the enough good gut bacteria, that could also be one of the reasons why you have a tons of sugary cravings, which not a lot of people realize. Um, you know, we talk about Ozem. I don't know if you guys talk about Ozempic. I don't think you've had. No, we yet. have to do something on that. So With, Ozempic actually gives you, you <laughs> yes, it gives you that GLP one hormone that which is that blood sugar balancing one, and but it's also linked to that specific strand, that good gut bacteria. So a lot of people are missing it in their gut, and that's why they have all these weight issues, which is a whole other thing. But then the third thing, which is why I, I, what I really want to say, is it's also your relationship with food, and this is also another piece we talk about so much within my practice, me and um, my practitioner, is if you have trouble like navigating food and as it relates to your emotions, because food is emotional, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But if that is like your only reaction to literally any kind of stress in your life, like we need to talk, we need to dive deeper into your belief around food, your relationship with food and your body. And then once you feel comfortable, you can go and do like the functional healing stuff at the same time. Yeah. And it's really important. I think the the acceptance for it is what it is doesn't really work anymore. And if you're trying to teach yourself how to feel great and not just feel okay, asking for help is necessary. Investing in your health, you can either choose to do it now or you're going to have to choose to do a larger investment down the line. Like how long and how many good years do we want to spend feeling great? And I do think that we just assume and we're just okay with being like, yep, you know what? I'm going to get older and I'm going to start to feel like shit. Like I say it all the time. Like I want to be 120 digging my own grave being like, I got to go. Like I'm good. (laughs) You know, I want that. But all of these things, your nourishment not only has to do with how you feel physically, but how you feel mentally, how you feel emotionally. These, all of the areas of wellness really kind of web themselves to together to make this beautiful picture of how you feel and Chrissy has spent you know her time her education her effort in figuring that out for you know females because it's so important so I do want to start to wrap this up and Chrissy I 1000% think that you should come on again <laughs> to talk about a little bit more stuff like gut issues maybe yeah. like we can go down the ozempic route a little bit you know cuz that's super trendy right now and about maybe even more nutrition um even like maybe even just like protein carbs fat what they all do but the the main thing that we wanted Chrissy to come on for is you have to dive deeper and so Chrissy if you were to really close us out and and help some women think about their world and think about their nutrition and hormones differently, what would you say to them? Yes. The one last piece of advice I think I will leave your listeners is I know you're stressed AF. Okay. I get it. 
And it's so much easier to continue to ride the struggle bus until, you know, that survival mode until like you quote unquote have time. But you will never have the time. I'm just going to put it out there. So it, the longer you wait, the more your body continues to keep that score. The more it's going to dig that hole for you and the deeper it is, the harder it is to come out of. And this is essentially, it's not just like your periods. It's not just like, oh, having energy. It's like literally your quality of life. This is how well you can keep up with your kids. This is how well you can get through like your work day and, you know, climb that corporate ladder. Like whatever your big dreams are, you have to feel really good to do all of those things. So I would just encourage that it is work, but if you find the right practitioner, and I'm happy to be one of them. <laughs> but if you find the right practitioners, the the goal is to not make it harder for you to make the changes. It's how do you make changes within the reality of where you are in your life. So you, every woman deserves to feel really freaking good. So, Amen. Thank you so much, Chrissy. Thanks for Thank being you. in Asia today. Uh, oh, yes. Chrissy B. Um, of course. Always. Yes, you know I love Chrissy. her. <laughs> All right, guys. So again, this was Chrissy Williams. Chrissy Williams Nutrition is her business. She is a registered dietitian. And then she also has a podcast called The Nourished Era, which we love. You can get it on Spotify, um, anywhere on, else, Chrissy. On Spotify and Apple. And I'm really big on Instagram. So if you guys are there, I'm happy to chat in the DMs. Tell me all your thoughts. I Chrissy love it. Williams Nutrition on Instagram. It's it's chrissywilliams.rd. Got it. ChrissyWilliams.rd. Thank you for listening to We Call Bullshit. We hope you learned a little bit today and we will certainly dive deep with Chrissy um, at another time. So see you later. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Thanks, ladies. Bye. Bye. Bye.